So, uh, Andy, you do realize you kind of opened Pandora's box with this episode, right? What are you talking about? You asked me and Paul to talk about comic books. That was kind of a mistake, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck kind of laugh is that? It's just my fun laugh. What's wrong with it? Oh. All right. So, Paul. Andy. Kevin. Wow. What do you think would be the best superpower to have? Keep in mind, you have full control over it, Kevin. And you can do everything that the power entails. This is not one of those situations where you make a wish and it ends up being completely different from what you wanted it to be. No, no, it's not one of those. And also, okay. your power can't be to have more powers, Kevin. <laughs> I want the power where I can imitate any person's power. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, that's no. actually not a bad power. No, no, All right, Hope. No, I, <laughs> no, I want uh, teleportation. Teleportation. I love, I love the idea of teleportation, just being able to teleport from one location to another over great distances. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it'd be a tie between flight or teleportation. I mean, flight would just be awesome to go up as wherever I want and fly and just be above things for a while, away mm -hmm. from everything. On the other hand, teleportation, because I don't have to worry about getting anywhere. Just, I'm there. Hmm. There's no there's no wait for it. There's just, yeah, there, you're there. You're done. So I'm going to go Professor Xavier style. Telekinesis, huh? Telekinesis, baby, because telekinesis, I got built-in flight. I can just telekinetic myself over to where I need to go. Uh... That's, really? how Jean, that's how Jean Grey flies. Exactly, bitch. Oh, wow. So I got both she, of you suckers she beat. Used, she used to encase herself in the telekinetic shield and lift herself. Oh, I that's why she always had that aura. Was well, that, then that, why wouldn't, why wouldn't uh, Xavier do that? Because his... Because <laughs> he's his, a little crippled ass. Jean-Luc Picard-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Another Power Trip Gaming Powercast. Yes, that's right. The Powercast where you're listening with power. Boom. So, don't sue us, Nintendo. Don't sue us. Uh, I'm starting right away with a tangent. All right. So, I just got done finishing editing Metal Mech, right? What a horseshit piece of game that really was. I didn't like it. It was terrible. I didn't like it. No. It was bad. The first several levels of that game were not the greatest, but they weren't terrible. They but, weren't great. But the last level of that game was absolute horse shit. It took a, 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 the, the footage I had, the raw footage, was four hours and 40 minutes. Oh, God. Motherfucks. Four hours and 40 minutes of my life. I can't get that. And just having to watch through it again, just it kind of brought back like a PTSD thing where I, all I'm thinking of is just how much I hated this game. The controls of that last oh level were terrible. It, it was bad. So watch Metal Mech, uh, anybody, on the, on the YouTube channel. Uh, it, it's uh, it's six parts. Yeah. I tried to make it as it, watchable yeah. as possible. If you want to see how we actually do suffer through games, that's that's a good example of it. Because um, there are games that we play that are really good and we like. There's games that are bad that we like. There's games that are good that we don't like. And there's games that are bad and we don't like. Yes. And this, this was definitely one that was bad and we didn't like. 
it was it's easily one of the top three worst games we've played thus far for me yeah. I, I i absolutely detested it yeah yeah i did not like this one <sighs> no yeah. so that, that was that's what i had mm-hmm. so as of this po- power cast i almost screwed that up um as i'm sure everybody knows the icon the legend of the comic book world stan lee has passed away he, he was 90 how old 95 95 he hadn't made it to his 96th birthday it would have been in december yeah there we go so yeah november 12th 2018 yes. so Rest it's in p stanley absolutely so it's only fitting that we do the episode about comic books absolutely this as kevin mentioned at the beginning is yours and his world i yes. I, I personally never got into comic books and i still don't uh, i i don't find them as pleasurable but I can still see the relevance of like what he brought to mm-hmm. that medium, you know. So, I mean, let's let's jump into it. Like, what got you guys into comic books to begin with? Like, what what was it that drew you into that world? You know what? I uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it was that originally got me into it, but I know that when I was a kid, I bought comic books, and uh, truth be told. When I was a kid, I, I bought the comic books, but I never read them. <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> looked at them and just collected them, I guess. Um, but it wasn't until I was older, uh, about 10 years ago, that I really started like getting into comic books. And I would buy like one or two a, a month, and then it then it just kept on growing and growing. And now I'm, I'm a weekly reader, um, and I usually get on average between 10 and 15 comic books a week, so... Jesus Christ! I know I've got I've got an addiction. addiction. <laughs> you got a problem? They're not exactly cheap either. No, they're not. Not anymore. So most most comic books are uh, three ninety nine, and uh, Marvel is uh, good at pricing their comic books at more than three ninety nine. God so, damn! Um, yeah, they'll have special editions that are they range anywhere from four ninety nine to uh, just this past week uh, uncanny x-men was uh, was released uncanny x-men number one they relaunched it and that was a whopping 80 pages at 7.99 so 80 pages 80 pages that's a whopper the yeah the average comic book runs about 20 to 21 pages yeah so. my only experience with comic books is growing up my parents owned a liquor store mm. here in town and we sold comics and other things like that so um I would sit on the little shelf and I would read, like, Sonic the Hedgehog or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and ones like those, but I never really got too into, like, the DC, the Marvel, and Mm -hmm. ones like that. It was more of, I I looked for the ones of the games I was playing at the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, that was really my only real experience until I got older. You know what's funny about that is that the newsstand is, like, pretty much basically dead for comic books. Like, they don't sell them over the newsstand like that anymore. No. It's all direct market, like comic book stores. The digital apps. And digital now. apps now. So, yeah. yeah. So. I'd say the only comic book series like running that I actually got really into was thanks to our friend Lane when we worked together when he worked with us was uh, Blackest Night. Blackest Night. Yeah. I got really into Blackest Night. I'd yep. say if I had to have a character that I liked of like comics it would be green lantern green lantern yeah. i just loved the idea of the rings and like the different colors like working on certain ones and not working on others just based on like the light spectrum thing it was really cool mm-hmm. it was such an interesting idea so like i kind of got into that yeah yeah but that was a really good crossover that like, was that cool. was that ran through 
2009, I believe, and into 2010. But oh my god, what a fantastic story that was! It was a cool story, yeah. and that was like I, I'd say that's probably the only series I've really gotten into, other mm-hmm. than like I know you bought me um, Starman, Starman Omnibus, yeah. mm-hmm. Omnibus. It's one of my favorite <laughs> words. You got me that for Christmas one year, and I I, I like that quite a mm-hmm. bit. It was his weird little dildo rod that he swings around. <laughs> Only you. Only you. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was just kind of cool, but that's that's about as far as I've ever gotten into it. So I see. uh, To be honest, I don't even remember when I just like my in my mind. It's always been me reading comics. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know I'll get flack for this from some people, but I read everything from like Archie. And, like, the old Sabrina comics to... Now know, we're going to give you flack. Marvel. <laughs> well, because they used to, like, some of them used to come in the yeah. same issues. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. So, like, and, yeah, it, you know, Marvel, Diesel, X-Men, like, like early Batman stuff for, well, early for us, not mm-hmm. early for the character. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I used to read, it was just always there. When I used to go to, like, the library weekly, I would mm-hmm. pick up stacks of comic books, and that's what I read instead of actually reading books, so... And because yeah, I read so many comics, I started reading more books and stuff. So. Yeah, that's right, too. I forgot that the libraries used to have comic books. Nowadays, they only have, like, trade paperbacks and graphic novels. Yeah. Um, people, go, have, people go to libraries? Yes, <laughs> yeah. still go to libraries. Yeah. Oh my God. I still go to libraries. <laughs> that's just weird so. to me. It's, it's Well, you've probably never even set foot in a library, so you can't... I, a, I used to I, go to the library. school does not count. No, no, no. My parents used to bring us to the library all the time, and I used to get the Garfield books. I used to love reading the Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes. I used to read those at the dinner table. I like the little Mr. Men books. Do you yeah, yeah. Mr. Men? Oh, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. I used to love the library. Not to, not to go on a tangent here. Hey, do what you gotta do, buddy. But just this past week, I met somebody who he pronounced library, library. Oh, come on. <laughs> As he said it the first time, and I'm like... What? Wait, a, wait a minute. He just, he just said library. He, he just said library. Said, he just said library. And I'm like, okay, maybe it was just he he misspoke. And then he said library again, and he said library, and I'm like, nope, didn't misspoke. <laughs> didn't misspeak. He knew what he was saying. He knew how oh, he was oh saying it. God. Library. Oh, God bless people. <laughs> but uh, so what? What is it? What was it that like drew you into comic books? Like, was it the characters? Was it the stories? Just what? What it got you into it? I think it really it, it was. If I have to say what galvanized me, it was actually there was there was a few writers of like I remember this uh, this story uh, that was uh, written by Mark Wade and it was published by IDW, which was a one of the um, there's outside of Marvel and DC, IDW is one of the big like third party uh, companies, um, but it was called The Unknown, and the power that they like the the way that it was written it was just so well written and the the way that it could project life where it really has a sense of reality to it um and just power and and I'm kind of at a loss here but it's like it just the I never knew that that comics could evoke that kind of emotion out of me or could make mm. me really think in that sense like really challenge me to think and um, ever since then, uh, and then I read uh, actually a, a story called Day Tripper. It was a 10-issue series uh, that was published by Vertigo Comics, which was actually um, kind of a subsidiary of DC Comics. Um, and that was actually, there was an issue of there that as I was reading it, like by the time I got to the end, I was actually crying. 
and I was like, holy shit, comics can, comics can make you feel this way? Like, <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my god. So, comics make you cry. Uh, Silent Hill 2 makes you cry. Uh, that's it. He's that's keeping it. a running list. I, I'm keeping yeah, no, a list now of things that's that fine, make him nothing, upset. That's, that's fine, because nothing else makes me cry. <laughs> We're going to take up something else. Too much does. Yeah, yeah, oh, come on now. makes me scared. <laughs> come on, oh boys. So, but, uh, but just because of how... Uh, how it could really kind of tell a powerful story through that medium, it really just kind of solidified my love of comics and what these stories could tell in such a short amount of time. Mm, okay. I say, like, to me, like, early on, it was the fact that there really wasn't anything else like it for me. So, like, being able to look at the art and watching, like, you know, the mutants shooting off the different powers and mm, doing that mm-hmm. sort of stuff... And then, yeah, as I got older, the story aspect did become more important to me. But, yeah, it was it was the uniqueness of the art style and all that stuff that, that drew me in originally. So Yeah, where, like, well, that's basically where Image, when Image started in 1992, that's what drew people in, was that you had all these superstar artists who had started their own company, and, yeah, they could draw, well... Except for hands and feet. Yeah, some of them them couldn't. But then when they actually started, like, writing and drawing their own stuff, you realize that all of them, like, well, with one or two exceptions, like, they couldn't write for crap. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so what would you say is, like, your favorite character or, like, a favorite storyline? Or what what would you say is, like, your all-time favorite, like, thing you could go back to? Go back to? Or just whatever. What's your favorite thing? In the comic book world, motherfucker. Oh, oh, in the comic book world. What the fuck do you think we're talking about? It's comic books. (laughs) It's comic books. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about comic books. So my, uh, (laughs) so my favorite, uh, my favorite character in comic books is actually the Juggernaut. Of from, course. from the X-Men. I love the Juggernaut because, well, he was, when he was first introduced, he was just this kind of, like, brooding powerhouse who was just hell-bent on destroying the X-Men and, and Charles Xavier. But as they had kind of developed the character, it's like you find out that he actually has, like, a really sad, like, childhood in this backstory really? that has a lot of layers to it. And um, all he's, the, not, he's not just the Juggernaut, bitch. No, he's, he's, he's not. And the funny thing is, he's not really even entirely a villain. No, I mean, he's, especially he's he not. He looked during the onslaught run when he sh- the entire point of him trying to go to the X Men was to try to get information that was locked in his head yeah, out he to know. save everyone. Mm-hmm, yeah, and he was going to them for help. Well, and actually, when when Juggernaut started, he was actually he was a uh, uh, oh, what is that called? Uh, well, he's basically like a like not a bounty hunter. It, it was like a, 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 a soldier of fortune. Yeah, That's yeah. the word. He was a mercenary. He was a mercenary. He he just basically did his work for the highest bidder. But um, so he wasn't technically a bad guy. And the reason why he wanted to to stop or kill the X Men and kill Charles Xavier is because Charles Xavier was his stepbrother. His own father. Uh, so Juggernaut is Kane Marco. His own father loved Charles more, mm. who was his stepson, than he did his own son. And so he developed animosity towards him. And then Charles Xavier had kind of developed his powers and learned that he even had mental powers. And so he had actually saw the thoughts inside Kane Marco's uh, head. And Kane knew that he was looking into his mind and 
it developed this like because he saw some things that that were like his deepest darkest secrets and so yeah, it developed yeah. this real big hate like you did that on purpose i hate you my father loves you more than he he loves you more than he loves his own son and it just developed this hatred for him and throughout the whole thing it's like juggernaut just you, he really just wants a friend. He just wants somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's why he, in the early days, he developed a really strong bond to a, a villain Tom. named Black Tom Cassidy. Yeah. And um, and throughout the years, he's kind of went on, on both sides of the spectrum where he was a, a hero who joined the X-Men at one point. Now he's, he's kind of back in that villain role. Um, but he's always like, he's the villain who really... Just, he's a tragic villain. Yeah, he's a tragic villain. And mm-hmm. I just absolutely love it. Like a villain of circumstance, kind of. And he yeah. was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in, I believe it was 1965. Wow. What so about you, Kevin? Number 12. Who would you say is your favorite character? Uh, Thor. He's always been my go-to. Yeah? Yeah. The early Thor, Doctor Strange, those were always the ones that I taught. Like, I went and, like, those were my preferred ones. I mean, you can go talk to Chris. Mm-hmm. Like, Thor has been, like... Like, seeing a good live-action Thor and not that crappy TV Hulk with the the, the bad corn silk wig. <laughs> you mean the the, 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 uh, the, the Bixby, the Bill Bixby one? one? Yeah, did you not know Thor was on there? I didn't realize yeah, there that. Was, oh, that's right. He was, was it the movie? The there was the movie. movie. There was the yeah. TV movie that he was Thor on Thor was in yeah, that. that's right. He looked oh, awful. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and, like, go, yeah, he was just one of those characters where... He could do the the earthly stuff with, like, the Avengers or fight alongside Spider-Man, X-Men, mm-hmm. anything like that. But then when his stories ever needed it, because of who and what he is, he could fly out into anywhere in the cosmos and start battling stuff that all these other characters can't even touch. Mm. So how did you feel when uh, Beta Ray Bill took over the, the mantle of Thor for a little bit? Or... When Thunderstrike came onto the scene, do you remember Thunderstrike? When, when, yeah, Eric well, Masterson. But see, and then the whole, see, that's the, those issues got a little weird for me. That was the because that the was whole, the '90s when they. <laughs> well, Thor became like there was this whole thing where like it was yeah Masterson was like the split personality where yeah he was Thor but he wasn't Thor. No, he wasn't. He was Thunderstrike. Well, no, yeah. but before he even became Thunderstrike. Oh, he was actually Thor. You gotta for remember a while? early on he was Thor oh, and I then didn't that. after Thor got separated from him or something like that, that's mm-hmm. when he got the cane and he got the, the cudgel. Oh to become gotcha. Thunderstrike. Yeah. And then Beta Ray Bill got That was in the eighties. Stormbreaker? Yeah. Yes, yeah. He has Stormbreaker? I can't remember all the names for the hammers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beta Ray Bill sounds like an eighties thing. <laughs> it's like nineteen eighty. He's a horse headed guy. Mis- yeah, he's he looks he looks messed up. Didn't Thor become a woman? Yes, yeah, Thor Jane was Foster, Jane, Foster. Jane Foster took over as Thor. That's now, right? No, no it's, back to, it's, it's it's back to it's it, back to it's back to Thor Odin's son yeah. being Thor. Mm-hmm. Okay, I say my only issue with the whole like Jane becoming Thor is Thor is not a title. God no. of Thunder is his title, like yeah. Green Lantern kind of. Yeah, yeah. But Thor is Thor Odin's son is his actual birth name. Yeah, the God of Thunder is his title. Yep. So it really shouldn't have been Jane Thor. It should have been Jane Foster, Goddess of Thunder. Yeah, God of Thunder. Yeah, and that was yeah. my only issue with it. the rest of it. The writing was good for the most part. I mean, other than they're like every once in a while I'd go back to her being super sickly with cancer, and I'm like, mm-hmm. just stay as. 
Thor and <laughs> Well, it's really funny too because back in the seventies, you remember the the What If series? Are we talking about Throg? Throg? Thor know? the the Frog of Thunder? Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was actually in the Thor What? That was actually in the Yeah, there's messed up stuff. But no That's why was, I love Thor. It's so weird. There was a series in the that was created in the seventies called What If? Marvel What If. And so it's like basically just kind of taking people's questions like, well, what if uh, the first issue was, what if Spider-Man had joined the Fantastic Four? And so that was, like, the story. Well, it's funny because when Jane Foster became Thor, people didn't realize that back in the 70s, what if number 10 was actually what if Jane Foster became the God of Thunder or, or was was Thor? Yeah. And uh, and so that... that, uh, that Idea was something that was actually born in the seventies. It's and probably even thought older that it was, than that. It, well, it might be, but it's yeah. But people had all, often kind of. I mean, I, the whole circumstance of how she even became Thor, I thought was kind of cool. She mm -hmm. came upon the hammer, and she's like, "Well, there's always got to be a Thor," and that yeah. made her worthy of picking it up to defend people. I mean, that was that's like the entire reason she became Thor was mm -hmm. when he was gone. It's just well, well, someone needs to fill these shoes and do the right thing. Well, and then she becomes. And so, there's, there's been other people who have picked up the hammer, Oh, there's too. been a ton of people that have Technically, picked up during the whole Marvel versus DC, Wonder Woman was able to pick up the, the hammer, too. Yeah, well, none of the Amalgam comics are, like, or the Amalgam... They're not canon. Yeah, they're not... Yeah. No one, none of those are considered canon. Well, I guess that answers my question I was going to ask. What's that? Is, it sounds like the way... Like, whoever picks... What is it? Mjolnir? Yeah. Is Mjolnir. the name of the hammer? Whoever Mjolnir. picks that up becomes well, and Thor, see, but I guess is, that's not true, because didn't Hulk pick it up? No, well, Hulk tried to pick it up. He couldn't pick it up. The no? one, the one thing I've puss. never, the one thing I've never understood about it. Okay, it's the he whoever shall be worthy can pick this hammer up and has the might like the power of Thor. Well, mm -hmm. some of the Thor's powers aren't based from the hammer because like he's half Asgardian, half ancient mm -hmm. god. Yeah. So like his super strength and his durability aren't from, like, magic and the hammer. They're well, just his, what he is. Like, his lightning powers, too. That's not from the hammer, either. That's no, just like, from being a god of thunder. His flight, his weather control, mm -hmm. and, the like, some of the energy blasts are from his <clears throat> hammer. Yeah. Like, everything else is just stuff he can do. So I never understood how, like, other people pick up the hammer and all of a sudden they have all of his abilities. I'm like... It's just... It's the transition <laughs> throughout the years, different writers. Yeah. Um... Actually, one. I mean, thing, whatever needs the situation needs, I suppose. One thing that really pissed me off in a comic recently, it was written. It was an issue of Deadpool. Oh, good. This is going to transition into what my next thing was. Oh, there you go. Was uh, your what? What? What do you like? What's something in comics that you like? didn't like or one one thing you wish would have changed or didn't change yeah, or, or no, whatever. It's, well, it's it's because these wonderful characters that were created. Back in the sixties, a lot of them were created by Stan Lee, well, Jack Kirby, and they were all created between like sixty-one and seventy-two. Like almost yeah. the entirety of Marvel was. Well, wow. the current Marvel universe, yes, is yeah. a lot of it was created then. But it's um, like an eleven-year span where all the characters people know today have been, were basically created. Yeah, but as shit. you but as you create these characters, obviously different writers take over the helm, flesh out their story more and more, mm -hmm. and as you get more writers kind of fleshing out these characters. Some of them may not look back at what has been done or what powers they have or how their origin story is created. This is how continuity and retcons start happening. Exactly. And so mm. this issue of Deadpool that just absolutely pissed me off was um, it was written by uh, a writer named Jerry 
uh, Duggan, who I think he just didn't know what Juggernaut's power set was. Um, and so basically Juggernaut being, so he's not a mutant. He is actually endowed with power from the gem of Sidorak. So his powers are mystical in nature because they're, they're granted to him by Sidorak. And he, while he is in his Juggernaut form, he doesn't need to eat. He doesn't have to breathe. He has super... Uh, healing, like a super healing factor, where yeah, he, factor. yeah, where he can get injured, but he, well, he won't get injured. He'll, he'll heal. Well, rapidly. that's even if you can manage to injure him, it basically goes away. Instantly. It goes away instantly. Yeah, and um, and so he doesn't, so he doesn't have to breathe in this. And so there was a, a part in this in this Deadpool series where um, so Deadpool's trying to to kill himself, and so he actually, it's uh, he puts out a hit on himself for $20 million. And so, of course, Juggernaut is the first one who shows up. Yeah, yeah. And so he is driving a truck, uh, Deadpool is driving a truck, and pins Juggernaut in between the truck and, the, and, the, and like, a wall. And Juggernaut's still trying to get to him. He's like, you know, this isn't going to stop me. And he's like, Deadpool says, yeah, but you know what? You still have to breathe. And he takes up, like, a, a hose of cement, and he covers... Juggernaut, and you can see in the in the wording that it's like his arms are kind of flailing, and then all of a sudden his body goes limp. And I'm just like, he doesn't have to breathe. That's <laughs> not going to stop him. And literally, that was it. That was that was the only he covered him in cement. He covered him in, in cement. Never went back to him. So we assume that Juggernaut was stopped by this by this this cement. Um, and it's just that's not how the character works. He doesn't have to breathe, so therefore he's not going to be stopped by cement, and it's not going to dry that fast that it's going to encase him like that. So yeah. it's like, ugh, do your research. <laughs> do your research. What about you? Uh, and this is going to be another thing that's going to be unpopular with some people, but back when they, they did like the main clone saga for Spider-Man... I had honestly wished that they would have stuck with Ben Riley being the original and letting Parker die. You, I don't think you would be as outcast as as you think you. Would. I know, no, no. I know the the character mm -hmm. of Ben Riley is highly loved, well, it's but not everyone just... always wanted Parker to come. What? Well, not can't say everyone, but a good vocal chunk of the fan base wanted Parker to come back and be. Um, be Spider-Man, be the real Spider-Man, but I think Ben was, like, because he was so tragic that, like, he didn't know Aunt May or Uncle Ben. Mm -hmm. He didn't get to lead the life that Parker got to lead. Someone else stole his entire life from mm -hmm. him. And then when he started finding out that he had, the like, the spider abilities and stuff, too, mm -hmm. and he started getting on the scene, it's like, well... You stole this guy's entire life, even though, you know, you didn't actually do it. Someone else did it. It just made him a much better character for development than Parker ever was. Well, and what they did with the whole clone saga is people can speak ill all they want of it when it first... I mean, there was poor writing yeah. in it. I will fully well, admit that. And, and what happened is they confused themselves. The writers and everybody <laughs> confused themselves with it is that when it first started, for the first six months, whatever, like, the sales were awesome. Like, they, they hit everything that they could, and it, it was very well received. And they always... I think they had intended for Ben Riley to be that, that was the original to intent. be Spider-Man, but they always had some kind of. Uh, I think the um, 
the editor-in-chief at the time was Tom DeFalco, and he said he wanted to have a way kind of, of like Parker a, back a in back door yeah. to get Parker back in should anything go badly, whatever it was. Yeah. But then they started to go back and forth where Ben Riley was the real Spider-Man, and then it's nope, nope, Ben Riley's the clone, and Parker is the is the is that the real. The, that's is, where like some of the bad. And then it just kept yeah, and then it just yeah. kept going back and forth, and then at that point the writers didn't even know like. Who who's the real one? Who's the fake one? Like we don't even know. Like they wrote themselves into a corner. They really were like, well, they, now what the fuck? They, yeah, do? they really did. It kind of, it's and almost it's, like yeah. Death Note syndrome. Yeah. Where if, if anyone watches anime of any sort, Death Note is just like that. Where all of a sudden uh, things happen, and you're like, oh no, I prepared for this, and it's. No, I prepared for this too. Oh, you're it's, like, it's, the, it's the whole Yu-Gi-Oh syndrome. I need this one card. I got this. I card. got it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but like, like I said, Riley was the better character. And like for a while, like when he started, he was Scar did the Scarlet Spider stuff, and then when he took over as Spider-Man, and then he was kind of like messed up, and then he bonded with Carnage. Oh like yes. the whole Spider Carnage thing was awesome. Yeah, I you that know what, was I, such a good like run. Like, I have little. two parts. I have two parts of that. I, I'm missing the last two, but it, it was the Web of Carnage storyline. Um, I said not only was the suit yeah. really look cool looking with Carnage on it, mm -hmm. but like just That's such a great color just too. the way Carnage was affecting his like view of everything. It was like really well like yeah. Well, actually, really good concepts. Some poor writing, but yeah, yeah, Spider Man's no, been really inflicted was, with that a lot over the years. Yeah. If you want to see, if you want to see the Ben Riley uh, infected by the Carnage symbiote, uh, look up uh, Amazing Spider Man four ten. Look up the uh, the cover of that one. That's that's the one where Ben Riley was bonded with the Carnage symbiote. It was really an awesome cover. Well, I think that's where I start to fall off with comics. It's it's that idea that nothing is permanent. I understand it's different story arcs and it's different universes and all this stuff, but it's like any decision. Holy shit, that looks awesome! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kevin just showed us the Spider-Man Carnage thing. That's fucking awesome looking. But it's like they kill off characters, and it's like they never stick by that decision. Like when Captain America died, they should have just left his ass dead. Like I understand it's money, and I understand it's all right. Different storyline here. Well, he's back in this one. It's like nothing is finite, and I think that kind of bothers me a bit. It's like, I well, want decisions to be permanent. Look what happened with Wolverine. Oh, we killed him off. Jesus and now fucking he's Christ. He's back. And not only is he back, but he has fire claws. And oh, Wolverine, oh. to me, is by far my most hated superhero. Batman. Uh, I cannot stand Wolverine because he's, da he's damn near indestructible. It's like he's he, he's died, he's come back. He's, mm. he's dead, he comes back. Yeah, he's old now, and all of a sudden he's young again. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, just kill this guy already. Yeah. Well, the old one's from Stick with X-23. Like, just ch pass the torch already. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's what comics need to do for me to get into it. Is is That's why I liked Green Lantern, because it wasn't... There's not just one lantern. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's it's the whole idea of the mantle. It's It's not... It's not Thor, where Thor's his name. It's like Thor's a title. And I liked that with Green Lantern, where it was there was many different ones. So it's like... 3,600 and what? There's 3,600 and what lanterns? Oh, I have no idea how many Because there's, there's, there the, there's the, the 3,600 sectors, and then there's the Centurions, and then, like, the Guardians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I liked the idea that they were all unique. Like, just in the fact that they created different things with the rings. Mm -hmm. Like, one guy created, what was it, a lot of, um, like, inanimate objects. One guy created animals. That was willpower, yeah. 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 Well, like, like Kyle Kyle Rayner made the more intricate-looking constructs because he was an artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas, um, John Stewart and... Why am I blanking on the other one? Guy Gardner. No, well, we don't. Talk oh, Hal Jordan. Hal. Hal Jordan. <laughs> like yeah. they made the simpler. Okay, I'm making the boxing glove to punch you. Mm. Here's a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I basically. thought I thought that idea was really cool. It's like, yeah, he's Green Lantern, but he's unique in his own right. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't happen so much in a in the vast majority of comics. And I think that's why I've never been able to get into him. Well. And it's it, it, it kind of leads to the catch twenty two where you want to draw in new readers, but by drawing in the new readers, you almost risk alienating your older fans. Mm. Is that they have done that before, where they have left characters dead, or they've they've introduced new characters that people do like, but then after a while, they're like, you know what? I, I really miss the old Captain America, mm. or I really miss the old Iron Man. Well, and see, this and, is, that's where I liked when. Marvel originally started doing it and jumping to the different timelines. So we'd have AOA, we'd have like the different numbered universes, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. 616 is the main is one. The main universe, yeah. I liked that entire concept. I mean, even DC does it with Earth 1, Earth 2, and stuff like that. Well, now they now they have their own uh, multiverse, too, yeah. ever since the uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. even before then, Flashpoint created a whole bunch of them, too. Oh, that's right. Flashpoint did a little bit of that, too. But yeah. yeah, they really kind of spelled it out in, in the... Dark Knight's metal. Yeah, that's why it was kind of cool. I know uh, you hate Batman. Obviously, you just said. Well, but, like even the it's idea. Not so that... much, it's not so much that I hate Batman, but to me, there is a point at which, like, a comics are right. Yeah, they're unbe- they're non-believable to at a certain point already off their face value. But there's a certain point at which I don't care how talented you are, how physically well trained you are. Batman should not beat like ninety percent of the people he does. He has no power. Superman. <laughs> he, has, he has no you power. You could be the best trained jujitsu fighter in the world, but if you go up and try to like like do a hold or something on Killer Croc, a guy who has super strength, he's just gonna go, "What the hell are you doing?" and fling your ass. Mm. Yeah. And that I agree with you completely. That's enough. Like Batman, I can't stand either because he's, the powers. He's just rich. I got the power of money. <laughs> At least even with Iron Man, it's okay. I've got these powers while I'm in the suits. But he's my also, suit gets busted. I'm screwed and just an alcoholic. But he's also smart, though. He is. He is actually one of the the top tier like intelligent. Yeah. Like that's why he in the, developed the Hulkbuster armor to well, actually take got, on Hulk. He's got that, armors for like. He's everything. got armors for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which that that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But anyways, like like I was saying though, is that they do take over the mantle and they do do a lot of of kind of passing the torch on. So like in the case of Iron Man. He was kind of taken over by a character named Riri Williams, who was a she was uh, so poorly written a, an African American college student. Um, you had Wolverine, who was then kind of killed off, and then X twenty three ended up becoming the new yeah, Wolverine. There was two. His huh? son also became. Oh Wolverine. yes, and his son was introduced into the into the main six one six universe as well too, because he was in the yeah, Dakin, Dakin, whatever. That oh was. no, D- well Dakin is somebody completely different. But you um, got to remember, he took over as Wolverine for for Harry for he, uh, Norman Osborn. He Osborne's did, but that was in the Dark Avengers. That was in the Dark Avengers. Yeah, Dark Avengers. Who did he yeah. mate with? Huh? Uh, some Japanese lady. Yeah, a couple I, hundred might years have been ago. Or something. <laughs> I'm gonna knock your vagina up. <laughs> 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 
but I can't um, imagine. The Incredible Hulk. So Bruce Banner, people are familiar yeah. with him. Um, he was uh, replaced for a while by um, Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho, who is the totally awesome like Hulk. Um, what? Yeah, I well, know. And some of so these things. It was with that one. It was really weird because like. Majority of the time, when Banner be transforms into Hulk, Hulk is a completely separate personality. Right. He doesn't have Banner's intelligence. Well, Amadeus stayed Amadeus and had all of his brains, and he like, he was I don't remember what they called his like ability, but he had the ability to like spa spatially visualize something and like throw a rock at one thing and then cause a whole series of effects to happen. Well, he still had that, and then he had the Hulk strength on top of it. So kind of like mm -hmm. Future Sight, in a weird way. He causes Almost. one thing that causes a chain reaction. But they would show yeah. him doing calculations in space and stuff like yeah. that, and they'd show the like the physics of mm -hmm. all the stuff. But like Jesus he Christ. didn't lose his powers. Thunderbolt Ross, when he became Red Hulk, didn't lose his personality. Red Hulk. He became angry, yeah. but he didn't mm -hmm. lose his personality. Mm -hmm. Um... So what's the 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 cousin that became She-Hulk? I can never remember her name. Oh, uh, Jessica Walters. She, yeah, when yeah. she became She-Hulk, mm -hmm. she didn't lose her personality. Mm -hmm. So, so why Bruce is Banner that, was kind of a bitch. So why does it that yeah Bruce lost it with the exception of when he's either Maestro or Grey Hulk, like Mister mm -hmm. Fixit? Yeah, hmm. but uh, like Miss Marvel was uh, it's Kamala Khan now. Um, it used to be Carol Danvers, and then yeah. she became Captain Marvel. Um, so I mean, they've taken all these different characters, and they have kind of. Uh, they have kind of evolved them. Uh, Captain America, for a while, it was actually the Falcon. It was uh, Sam Wilson who was, who was also, Captain America. Punisher was also Captain America at one point. Jesus Christ. In which um, I'll have to double-check the, the issues. It might have been one of the, the side ones. Because I know that a new character that they've just introduced that has kind of taken a lot of uh, liking uh, is uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, who yeah. is actually... Uh, Frank Castle in the future. He is now like a, uh, 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 what is it? He's like a, an avatar, not avatar. Um, he's a thrall of like uh, of Thanos, basically. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so he, uh, but yeah, they they've done this before, where they will introduce these new characters in these in these new classic roles, um, and so people do take a liking to him, but then after a while, it's like, hey, you know what? I kind of miss Wolverine. Like, Being Wolverine. I miss Logan as Wolverine. I miss um, I miss Iron Man. Like, I miss... Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Who? Iron Man. Iron Man? What's this? Tony Stark. Tony Stark, Stark for God's <laughs> sakes. What the hell is wrong with me? Um, I miss Tony Stark as Iron Man, so it's yeah. like they'll then bring... Tony Stark back as Iron Man, and so it's it just kind of perpetuates that cycle where it's I suppose so where you you do want there to be some kind of finality to a character because then that will it'll strengthen the 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 appearance of that character like because once you're dead it's like you're dead and you can't yeah. come back um, and so it'll make things a little bit more. I, I don't know. It'll drive a lot more emotions. Like you don't want them to die because you know yeah. they won't come back. But at that same point, it's like you know people kind of come to expect that. Yeah, they'll. Shit, magic, but it was from a what if line. Oh, gotcha. So it's so, not. So it's uh, not real. But I mean, no, there's been yet. there's tons of people that have taken over the mantle. Oh sure, sure. But that's what annoys me. It's like even though they create other mantles or other people for that mantle, they still go back to the original. They do. So it's like like I said, nothing's permanent. No matter how many offshoots of, of it that happen, you're still going to go back to Tony Stark as Iron Man. You're still going to go back to Logan as Wolverine. You're still going to go back to 
Whoever the fuck Captain America is, I don't even know who Steve that is. Steve Rogers. I mean, it's, I think yeah. my my favorite person that took up the mantle for Captain America was Bucky. Oh yeah, Bucky O'Hare. Bucky yes, Barnes, Bucky, like yeah, no, Captain Barnes. America was killed on the steps of the yeah, courthouse or yeah, whatever, was, and then Bucky became Captain America for a while. Yeah, and that was mistaken. a really that good was, line. That was number uh, that was like twenty five, number twenty five or something like that. It's that iconic where there's a. It was during the the whole Civil War uh, crossover. So Bucky's armor looked like as Captain. Oh, uh, that's awesome! It was yeah. it was during the whole uh, Civil War storyline where uh, the cover is um, Captain America's hand with a. a uh, handcuff around it, and there's blood on the on the glove because mm. he was yeah he was shot. Um, well, who who was the one? You remember in um, MVC three when they had the alternate costume for Captain America where it was instead of the round shield, it was the kite shield. Who was that? That's one of his World War Two costumes, I think. Was it? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Okay, I actually really like the design for that one. Mm. That one looked really stars and stripes. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, so. so what would you say is the biggest differences between Marvel and DC, if any? I, I mean, I wouldn't know, but do you, can you really think of any real main okay, differences so between the two? Early on, Marvel was the, we're basing all of our characters in science and the atomic age. It was, this person who got their power from the radioactive spider, gamma rays, mutant, like the mutant genes spawning. Marvel was very science-based in the early stuff. They were whereas also... Whereas DC was the more fantastical. Yes, Marvel was also, um, especially when Stan Lee came around, too, their powers and their, their the characters were based in, like, real-life situations instead of these grandiose Superman, they, like, he's from a different planet... That was, yeah, that was, they, I they, can do everything. Yeah, they exactly. wanted them to be real people and relatable. So, like, mm. when he created Spider-Man, he's like, he's not just this guy with superpowers. Like, he's a teenager who lost his uncle, who also is a struggling college student who doesn't know how he's going to afford a present for his Aunt May for her birthday. <laughs> and it's like, and he's like, he's worried about these real world things where it's like, well, I'm no, worried. Kill Doc Ock. I'm I'm worried about this. This this uh, well, it's, it's, super or the super like, villain like who's Batman. going to destroy. He never has to worry about anything. Nothing. He's rich. Superman doesn't He's, have to worry like, about yeah, anything. Yeah, okay. His parents died when he was young. He had Alfred there, and he had all the money in the fucking world. He could do whatever he wanted from the get go. And he also didn't kill. What does he do? Early on, he did. Did he early on? I he thought early on he also guns. used a gun. Yeah, he also used a gun. I thought yeah. one of the bat like no, but like, not when uh, Bruce Wayne was Batman, but one of the other ones. Oh, they Azrael? actually killed. Azrael. Oh, Thomas Wayne did too. No, Thomas From, Wayne during Flashpoint. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Azrael took it too far, and that's why Bruce came back and beat the hell out of him. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Bruce. But yeah, that was during uh, Nightfall when yes, Bane Nightfall. broke yep. Bruce's back. Yeah, okay. he broke the but, Batman. Um, like yeah, Batman. Yeah, okay, yeah, his parents died. That fucking sucks. What did he do? Instead of doing help, like, actually helping the world and doing good, he obsessed on his parents' death and then became obsessed with bats. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of bats, but I'm going to be a bat. <laughs> it's like... He wanted to instill the fear that he, the felt, bat, yeah. that he felt in other people who were doing bad. Got it. Right, but, yeah, see, and, then, and where is that? Like, Marvel is just like... I happened to be walking through a science fair. Their radioactive spider bit me. Now I have powers. Ah. <laughs> or like in, in the case of like uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, they were doing some gamma and testing, gamma radiation Rick, testing. Rick, 
Uh, Rick Jones. There we go. Yeah, he saved this guy, but he ended up getting uh, bombarded by the the gamma radiation, and so then it caused this him to become the Incredible Hulk. Or like in the case of the Fantastic Four, they were doing a space uh, thing, and then they got bombarded by some Galactus kind of gamma rays. Yeah, <laughs> they got bombarded oh, by gamma rays, and then when they came back to Earth, they found out that they were having these different like these powers and stuff, yeah. the reactions to to whatever the gamma. They were kind of was. a generic four elements thing early because if you look at it sue is wind mm -hmm. grim is earth johnny's fire oh, and yeah. then because fantastic can stretch he's water oh yeah i never even thought about it they're that just way. the four that's, elements yeah, that's clever. yeah that's clever yeah that's I what they represented originally wow. yeah. oh cool oh, wow. yeah so justice league versus the avengers who wins Depends on which iteration of both we're talking about. God though. damn it! If we're talking, well, if we're talking because the what? originals, I mean, honestly, I, I, it would come down to literally Superman versus Thor. Yeah. Of course. Superman versus everybody. So, so from a realistic standpoint, I honestly would say the Justice League would win just because of the fact that the Avengers were literally Marvel's answer to the Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, but when you think about like the characters who are part of the Justice League, so you've got like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and then you take and the characters from the Avengers, the original team. You've got Hulk. You, uh, wait, was Hulk part of the? I he think wasn't. he was West. Wasn't he the second team? He may have been the second team, but you had Iron Man, you had uh, Thor, uh, you had Captain America. Um, I believe. Uh, what? No. Ah, shoot. I don't even remember who the other characters are. Yeah, were. I, I don't remember. I think Hulk first... may have been. I think Hulk may have been one of the original Avengers too. Okay, so um, the original was Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Pym, and Wasp. oh, Hank Pym. The Hank fuck Pym. is a Pym? Hank Pym, Ant Man. Ant Man. Oh, Ant -Man. yeah, Hank Pym. Um, if it would come down to it, Isn't I almost Aquaman feel... just part of Justice League, or was that a different one? He's. Later. I think he was. I think he. Yeah, he may okay. have been. Yeah, he may have been in that initial team too. But uh, honestly, I. I sort of feel like probably the Justice League would have beat the the Avengers, the, yeah. the original team. What What do you prefer? Do you prefer Marvel or DC? I prefer Marvel. So yes, I don't the know. original Justice League was Superman, Batman, Aquaman, Flash, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, and Wonder Woman. Yeah, so Justice League would have destroyed the original <laughs> Avengers. Yeah, they would have. It, it basically, like I said, it would come down to Thor versus Superman. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. with like the early, the early yeah. ones with how powerful Thor and Superman were back then. They would just it'd be them two brawling, and then Superman eventually winning. Mm -hmm. Well, Superman. Always felt like that kid on the playground where no matter what you did, you couldn't. You touch got this him. power? Well, I got this other power. I got a shield that can block heat rays. <laughs> well, fine. Then I'm gonna cool you off with some fucking snow. Well, guess what? I got impervious snow pants. <laughs> You're like, come on, man. I always so, hated that kid. <laughs> so here's so here's the thing. In in response to your question, like, so what do I prefer, Marvel or DC? Um, I always seem to to tend to lean and gravitate towards Marvel. I do like the characters in Marvel, and obviously my favorite comic book character of all time is Juggernaut. Yeah. But when it comes to the ability to write like crossover issues and crossover events, DC is my go-to. With the I exception think. of a few here and there. With, a, with the exception of a few here and there, because like obviously... Flashpoint was amazing. This whole Rebirth thing for me rebirth has, wasn't, been, yeah. has been eh. Yeah. <laughs> the heavy... The, the, the Dark Knight's Metal? Dark Knight Metal. It sucked to me. Oh, see, it, see to me, it was just a re, it was a retreading of Fear itself from no, Marvel. See, I loved, I loved. Well, because like, it, look, if you look at Fear itself, everyone got fucking Uru. Everyone and their mother had Uru-based weapons and stuff like that. Fear itself, 
fucking room. And then and then it jumped over to, to the to the this metal one, and like all of a sudden everyone has nth metal shit. Yeah, but no, but it was it was more so like. Uh, I mean, exposing... granted, the Batman who laughs is amazing. Yes, and he. I will he's say that get, he's going to get his own spinoff series in December. Although there's a bunch of things DC still needs to answer, anyways. Who are all three of the Jokers? What do you mean the three the, of Jokers? When, you remember when Batman had the the Mobius chair? Oh yeah. It turned yeah. out the Joker's not one individual. Oh yeah, but it's three, three individuals. And they have right, yeah. done nothing with it yeah. since then. Well, not yet. Which would make sense considering there's multiple Batmans. Why wouldn't there be multiple Jokers? But how is Batman, who is the smartest, the the, the best detective in the world, never able to figure out he's fighting three completely different people? Because he's fucking Batman and he pays someone else to do it for him. <laughs> But, no, to be quite honest, though, I mean, a lot of... I've been disappointed by a lot of Marvel crossovers. Yes. And I've been disappointed with a lot less DC crossovers. And my big thing is Marvel, especially lately, we got Secret Wars 2. We got... I, fuck, they're redoing literally all of their... Yeah. Like, Thanos is... The, like, the Infinity Gauntlet has been done three, four times mm -hmm. now. Yeah, they're doing Infinity they Wars did, now. They did yeah, Secret right. Invasion twice now. Mm -hmm. Civil War has been done twice now. Um, yeah, and that's Marvel's big thing is... And their big thing is tie-ins. All of yeah, their stuff is tie-ins. And, yeah. and some of them just really have Our no bearing whatsoever yeah. to the story. Yeah. No overarching story. And it feels like DC just really gets... Like, they they get it. They do their, their main story. And then their tie-ins really do have a lot of bearing on the events that are going into the main story. And so I think that DC is, is better when it comes to, to the writing, the, the cross-writing. But Marvel, I just, I don't know. I prefer some I, of To be honest, stories. Marvel, I think, has the more iconic characters than it, DC. I, I think Outside of Justice point. League. I think they do. You can ask most people who DC characters are. They're not going to know shit. Nope. You go to Marvel, people are going to know the X-Men. They're going to know the Avengers. They're going to know Fantastic Guardians for Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy. now. DC Guardians does not have that. It's so funny too because the Guardians of the Galaxy was like a literally like oh, a D tier. B, uh, yeah, yeah, they were like yeah. a B tier, not even B tier. They were they like were yeah, C, C or D tier. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Guardians house, of the Galaxy movie one and two, it's like names, I would I would venture to say that they are household names. People well, know who they are. Yeah, Groot people is. people know who the Guardians of the Galaxy are now, which is just crazy. well, this team because this is this team. It's the it's the twenty oh eight team. Yes, because the original Guardians of the Galaxy were a completely different team. Rocket Raccoon was not in there. Groot yeah. was not in there. None of them were. None of them <laughs> actually were. Yeah, That's probably due in part to the fact that Marvel, as far as the movies go, has mm -hmm. always done extremely well. But yeah. DC movies are usually not But great. see, this is the thing. The live-action DC movies are garbage. That's, that's what I'm talking the about. The animated movies yes. are fantastic. They've Which got, is weird because they, like the yeah. cartoons and, and stuff always seem to do extremely well for yeah. DC. Yeah. Live action movies? <laughs> well, I've, I've often thought that. It's like with, with their TV series and their animated movies, DC's got the market hands down. Yeah. Like people love Arrow, people uh, Flash, Flash Supergirl, Supergirl they, uh, Gotham, Black Lightning now. Yeah, Black Lightning. They've been doing some great stuff with the TV shows. People love them. They're eating them up. Um, but movies, they can't do movies for shit for some reason. No. And Marvel, they are. I, I don't even though their their TV series are are well liked. I don't think that they're getting. Quite the numbers that DC gets. I will, I was, I will just... say, with the exception of maybe Daredevil and then Luke Cage on Netflix. Yeah, Luke Cage. Because those were, when they first aired, they were huge. 
Mm, and then mm. obviously they've dropped yeah. off since then. Yeah, so maybe Daredevil, it. but Luke Cage. I don't think that was ever like well, super well liked. Didn't they cancel Luke Cage? They, they did. Canceled, like all of them. No, they canceled Luke Cage and Iron, Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Yeah. But they're also there's speculation that because Defenders. it's no, 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 no. Oh has, wait, uh, Heroes for Hire. Heroes right? for Hire. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Danny Rand and uh, Luke Cage, they have like in the comics in the seventies, they formed a, a team called the Heroes for Hire, basically. Mm, okay. And so they think that that's what's going on now, is uh, that they're canceling those two shows because they're going to make a Heroes for Hire. Although show. I will say DC TV wise has made one huge walk at two huge mistakes. One, getting rid of the Constantine show was just the biggest mistake they've done thus far. Oh, it's funny, because now with the animated movies, they're going to Justice League Dark. Well, they've already so done Dark. It, they did Justice League Dark. And, and they're doing a live-action movie, too, aren't they? And Constantine just also had City of Hell or something like that. Yeah, they're, and they're doing a live-action Justice League Dark, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I think so. They, well, they, there was... I Maybe not. With how bad Justice League did, they may not. They might change. Because oh, from what maybe. I understand, DC is, like, revamping all their movie plans. Mm. What a shock. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, like, yeah... Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Paul. Like, yeah, their 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 crossover stuff is better. I mean, yeah, Justice League Dark is probably one of my favorite like team things for for DC. But it's like, like the mystical side. Of as the far Justice as Con- as mm. far as like DC goes, like Constantine is like the one I go to for reading because it was just Neil Gaiman and all the, like all the guys that did all the stuff that intertwined mm-hmm. with it between Lucifer and all those. And they were just amazingly well written, and Marvel doesn't really have much that could touch those. If ones. I'm not mistaken, wasn't uh, Constantine? He was created by uh, Alan Moore, though. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But like, he was he, in the in the pages of uh, yeah of Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. like, but like, yeah, with like Sandman, all the, like all the stuff that all the DC has done that mystic and yet not mystic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they've got a bit of an edge on Marvel with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, would you guys consider graphic novels the same as comic books? They're like, just, oh yeah, it's, all, it's a collection of comics. The basically. only thing that like graphic yeah. novels are, they're just longer comics usually, yeah. or a collection, yeah. or of it's a collection of of, of like a storyline or something yeah. like that. And they, it's just marketed. They call it a graphic novel, but okay. um, and it's usually like that only due to size. Yeah, yeah, and some of them actually are <clears throat> created like they're specific like. It's a new story that was created, and it's just called a graphic novel because it, it really is kind of a novel with chapters, but it's got pictures in there, too. So, I mean, I definitely would consider them the same thing. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're definitely not different. Um, people consider Watchmen, uh, like, is the greatest graphic novel of all time. Um, I mean, regardless of if you yeah. think it is or not, people call it the greatest graphic novel of all time. Well... The Watchmen was actually a series of it, it was a maxi series they call it where it was twelve issues. It was a twelve issue limited series, oh. and so they created they they basically collected it into one big collection and then marketed it as a graphic novel. Oh, okay. So it's basically twelve chapters told over all these pages and yeah. stuff like that. So so yeah, it, it's definitely the same thing. Okay, because I have like the I have the Scott Pilgrim versus the World graphic yeah. novels. Yep, mm-hmm. I really like those. Yeah, so and Scott Pilgrim was the same way. Where yeah. I think I think each uh, that whole series was it was either twelve, eighteen issues or whatever it was, but then it was collected over the course of like several books and mm-hmm. stuff, and then marketed as graphic novels. Damn, there's another one I had too that was really good. Battle Pope. Battle Pope. <laughs> I did have that. Yes, you did. There was another one. Robert Damn it, Kirkman. why can't I remember the name of it? 
I'll have to look on my shelf and see what the names of that of the series is. I only have the first two. I don't know if there's any more. It was I picked them up when we went to that comic book store in um, Brook, Brookfield. Is that oh, Brookfield or oh, Greenfield? Yeah, or uh, yeah right? Greenfield. It's uh, yeah. um, oh, what is that place called? Uh, Lost Worlds of Wonder. Yeah, I like that place. I don't remember the name of it, but it, that's besides the point. Mm -hmm. So we'll move on to Stanley, the hero of the comic book industry. The fuck do you know about the man? So Stanley is definitely an inspiration, um, and I, I know that there's there there was uh, contention just because of the fact that people think that it's like he was trying to take ownership over a lot of these things without the proper credit to Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, um, things of that nature. But, I mean, uh, Stan Lee was a talented man with an imagination that will really be just unmatched, in yeah. my opinion. That's um, that's funny. We, Me and Kevin, before you got here today, we're actually talking about that. Um, yeah. Someone sent me a an article or, like, a, a, a big thing about... Because um, I didn't know there was a big... Feud's not the right word. Between Kirby and Stan Lee about who mm -hmm. actually created a lot of the things. And the way the article sounded was that Stan Lee created Marvel Comics, the industry, and Jack Kirby created Marvel Comics, the actual books. So that's the way, so it seemed like Stan Lee handled more of the business aspect, yeah. and Jack Kirby created the characters, the stories, the books, the art. And he was more, and Stanley was more of like the business sense. So what ended up happening <clears throat> was that Marvel was already they were already a comic book company, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Stanley uh, started off in like a menial position. He worked his way up to editor, and then um, he they weren't Marvel. Remember, they were timely. They were timely, honestly. but I'm pretty sure that it, before Stanley did what he did, it really was Marvel Comics. Yeah, it's I'm just that to... he he created what people know as Marvel Comics today. Okay, um, and so what ended up happening was he wanted to write a story that. Marvel Marvel would not let him write, and so he literally was so disenfranchised, disenchanted with the whole comic book industry that he basically, um, his wife at at the time, uh, Joan Lee, who he just, he, I'm so glad that those two are back together again um, in heaven. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I'm, I'm sorry. He it just he he. You could tell that his down client, when she mm. passed away last July, it's his, it his mind. It was precipitous drop. He, really, that it sucks. was. Um, but she said, you know what, you're you're already willing to just quit Marvel. Like, why don't you just write this one story that you want to write? Because what's the worst that they could do? They'll fire you. Yeah. You, you want to leave anyways. Yeah, Timely became Marvel in the 1960s. Oh, okay, so I guess, it, yeah, so it, it became Marvel then when... when Stanley really kind of yeah, started making they were found. Timely was founded in 1939 and went 39. defunct in 1950. Oh, okay, and then it gotcha. Became, by oh. 1960, it became Marvel Comics. So then what happened between the f 1950 I, and 1960? I don't know. I'm kind of I think it was Because I think it was Marvel at that point. It's just that they weren't known for what they were yeah, until oh, okay. the 60s. So Stanley ended up writing the story that he wanted to, which, which was, was what? Amazing Fantasy number 15, which was the first appearance of Spider-Man. Oh, okay. And because it was so well received, they said, 
stand, do your do your magic. You create, nailed it. Create something else. He created the Fantastic Four then at that point, which was which was uh, I think the comics' first family like superhero uh, team. And um, and so then he created the Fantastic Four, and then uh, after that, it's like it, it just one hit after the next. He created the X Men, he created uh, Black Panther, he did um, the Incredible Hulk, Ant Man, all these different characters, Thor. Um, and what ended up happening is that he would write basically a plot outline of a story, and would say, "I want like this is what I I I have." planned out for the story, draw me some pages of what you think these characters look like and what the action mm -hmm. is trying to, to do. Yeah. And so then the artist would actually draw out the, the pages, the panels and, and all that stuff. And then what he would do is then he would put words onto those panels and then that would be the story. And then they ended up calling it, like I, I think the Marvel method mm -hmm. is what they ended up uh, calling it. And so honestly, people can say what they want about was it Stanley or Jack Kirby, mm -hmm. or was it Stanley and, and Steve Ditko who created Spider-Man, or was it was it Jack Kirby who created the Fantastic Four, or was it was it Stanley? It was a collaboration. It was a collaboration. You can't yeah. have one without the other because you have the the characters are designed by the artist, but you give them the personality and the everything else is through the writing. Yeah, because you can't convey everything. Through just the drawing, you right, can show right. you can show emotions, you can show their their physique, you can show their demeanor, but you can't show what their their personality is. Yeah. That's through the words. And so, regardless of who Stanley worked with, I think that there was a collaboration between the artist and him. Okay. So when when they say that Daredevil was created by Stanley and Bill Everett, it was created by not just Stanley mm -hmm. but Bill Everett as well too. Was uh, was Thor created by Stanley or Jack Kirby? It was both. Okay. So the, the, one of the things that stuck out in that article was, um, as you talked about, Black Panther. Yeah. I guess one of the things they talked about is Jack Kirby created, he wanted to call it Cole Tiger or something like that. He mm -hmm. had a half mask, all this other stuff, and Stanley's like, no, you. he needs a full mask. He needs to be completely covered. Because at that time, it was something about African-American... Uh, characters mm, mm -hmm. and and how how they weren't really dominant in that particular no, era. So like they, they weren't. So the way he envisioned it was the fact that keep his face completely covered. Sure, show show him taking off his mask at the end of the book. By then they will have already enjoyed the story. They will have already bought the book. They would already have enjoyed it. Mm, so the fact yeah. that he's a, a black guy is inconsequential. You know, and that's what made me think of, oh, he was more of the business sense than the actual creative process. So it, it kind of, it, the article seems skewed in some ways that, that's, that is, wasn't so much a creator as a business. That's, that's one of the, the downfalls, especially with the early comic stuff. I mean, a great example is uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger. People didn't Bill know for Finger. The, yeah, um, no. People didn't know for the longest time that Bill the, Finger had a large hand in creating. There, especially Batman. with like those companies back then, there was so much misdirection as to who's doing what, yeah. where, because early comics 
really wasn't seen as a career to strive to have. Mm -hmm. It was kind of the, oh, haha, you make comic books for a living. Uh, In fact, in in the early days, Stan Lee, at at parties and stuff like that, he didn't even want to, like, when people would ask him, well, well, what do you do? I'm an artist. uh, No, no, he would say, like, oh, I'm I'm a writer. Oh, oh, what what do you write? I write write books. Oh, what kind of books do you write? (laughs) Well, children's books. Well, what is there any that I would know? Mm-hmm. Well, I I write comic books, and then people would kind of be like, "Ugh, oh, that's right, yeah. you write comics." Because didn't didn't comic books go through a crash similar to like video games at one point? Well, that, there was that like, would a comic book crash later. where it's like the market was lower. That, that would happen. No, that's that was in the nineties. That was in the nineties. No, but there actually there is a, there was one earlier. Um, prior to the boom with Marvel, there is where comics did the pulp magazine stuff oh, yeah. did go down in sales. Well, compared maybe to... maybe they did because they had no direction at that point. But that's... I think you're talking about the uh, the speculator bubble in the '90s. Yeah, actually, mm, yes. that, that's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we can talk about that next, but um, <laughs> I've got a lot of words on that. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, Stan Lee. I, I think honestly, between him and all the collaborators that he worked with, I mean, he is the reason why Marvel is what it is today and what oh, yeah. people know of Marvel. Yeah. I mean, any superhero superhero team that you talk about from the Marvel side of things, he had some hand in creating that. Oh yeah. Um, Iron Man, uh, the Hulk, the X Men. Uh, well, basically, anyone so, that's on yeah. the Avengers lineup or the X Men so lineup, many. or as Spider-Man <laughs> so related, many. he was with all of them. I would say even if you're on the DC side, you still know who Stan Lee is. Oh yeah, like Stan absolutely. Lee is essentially like oh yeah, directly relatable to comic books in general. He's like the yeah. father of comic books. Yeah, I well, would say he almost made the industry what it is. What we'd consider modern comic books. Uh, there yes, I think he did have a large hand in what what the modern industry is actually. Yeah, because before that. Well, one of the big things a lot of people say is he's the father of modern mythology. Yeah. Which yeah. He, he created all of our current, what, like, would, in years' time, would be our myths and our legends. Mm-hmm. Mar- like, he's a big hand in why we have them now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And he is, I, I mean, he's the reason why it's like people can relate to superheroes and why we have these emotions that are tied into characters is because they weren't just these superhero, untouchable gods and aliens from another planet mm-hmm. or whatever it was. It's like these were down to earth people like me and you who just happened to stumble upon or some, through some tragedy um, ended up being given these powers that just kind of made us the the people who we were. And so it really spoke to people and it really just kind of took the comic book industry to a a level that it had never seen um, mm. at that point. The wow. the 60s were really were the golden age of comics. And I would say he also paved the way for a lot of the early comic book code to start falling away. Yes, it was, yeah. Because like the early comic book code that you basically you didn't show like like half the stuff they can get away with now, mm-hmm. you wouldn't do back then. Yeah, what do you mean? So clothing styles, diet like dialogue styles, mm-hmm. uh, the types of violence you saw on panel, yeah. drinking or dr- any like yeah. drug references, non-existent in those early ones because you just did not do that. Yeah. And, oh, okay. And in fact, um, it was actually a storyline where I think it was with um, it was Iron Man. Where he basically, I, I think the, I don't, I don't know if it was, 
early enough if this was the one I think it was like Demon in a Bottle is what the storyline was I called know, yeah. but basically it was uh, Iron Man obviously Tony Stark had a yeah, drinking he problem he was an alcoholic he was an alcoholic and this one really spelled it out and what they did was they basically printed that issue um, every 1979. comic 1979 was it? yes yeah. every comic had the the uh, comic book uh, code like it had to be approved by the comics code or whatever it was <laughs> and this one they said basically because of what you're portraying in this comic, we can't we can't approve this. And he's like, "Fine, I, we're going to publish this comic book, and we just won't have the, the stamp of approval." So it was the comics code. The authority. comics code. The comics code authority. If it they, didn't have that symbol, they they didn't get published by like major publishers. And so really? they published yeah. it, and they basically just said, "We're just not going to put." They're the comics basically code. The, the the same thing as the. Uh, the motion picture rating company yeah. now. Mm. That's what they were, but for comic books. Yes, yeah. and so oh, they okay. just said, we're going to publish this comic. We're not going to put that on there so people know that they're going to be getting a, a much more adult, a much more serious-toned comic book. And then that's when the comic code, um, like whatever the... the uh, I guess whatever the the parent is of that, mm -hmm. um, that's when they really started kind of looking into, okay, so maybe we need to start lifting some of these restrictions. Yeah, yeah. We really need to start reformulating what it is that we approve because it was such a well-received storyline that it just, it really rewrote the whole comic story. I never realized how long this list of stuff was for like their, their authority, their, what they allowed and didn't allow. Oh, It yeah. almost sounds like, like that code is kind of like an lot. ESRB like, rating. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. So it's right here and goes. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Yeah, that's a lot of Jesus. stuff. In it's the ridiculous. 70s, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a different time. It is a much different time. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Stanley is just. I, I think his 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 talent. There's never going to be anything seen quite like what he was what he was capable of. And um, say what you want about him, but his legacy is always going to be tied into comics. And I think the imagination that he had and that he was able to fill people with will literally outlast all of us. Oh, yeah. Not even just that. Some of, like, the early morality like, like his characters poured, like, brought in. I mm -hmm. mean, D, like, one that's kind of defaulted to by people now because of all the Spider-Man movies, but, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. He coined that phrase. Yeah. That, was that wasn't something that was just there, and it's mm -hmm. one of those things where, yeah, and then if you look at, like... Excelsior! Even, yeah, he said Excelsior. even yeah. if you look at, like, DC Comics, the way, like, the Flash and stuff started being, they started embodying, like, that exact same mentality. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he didn't just have an effect on one side of the eye. He had an yeah. effect across the entire thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep, definitely. But no, did, like, Stanley have, like, a artistic, like, influence of any sort? Because obviously the Kirby Dots did. I don't, I don't think so, because uh, Stanley, I don't think he ever did any kind of artwork. He was always just, he was the writer, he was the plotter. And he always okay. worked with a collaborator. He was the idea man, usually. He really, yeah, he really was. He was the idea man, and he was, I mean, he was the main writer. Uh, like, um, Fantastic Four, the the flagship title that he really kind of, that he uh, helped create, um, he was the writer of that for, God, the first at least 100 issues mm. uh, of that, that series. And um, funny little note, too, is that one of the, the characters who he got really... Um, 
he got really uh, just interested with and that he really came to like really appreciate and like his, his creation was uh, the Silver Surfer, actually, mm. who first appeared in uh, the pages of Fantastic Four number 48, but then when he had his own spin-off series in the 60s, they did a solo Silver Surfer uh uh, series and uh, Stanley refused to let anybody else write dialogue for Silver Surfer because oh. he he had that much love for that character that he he did not want to pass off the writing uh, that was his of, baby yeah of Silver Surfer to anybody else he wanted to do the dialogue for him. Mm. I see. And actually, it's funny because the what is uh, known as the Galactus Trilogy, which is Fantastic Four numbers 48, 49, and 50, um, that is still, it goes down as one of the best comic book stories ever told. Mm. And that is by wow. Stanley and Jack Kirby. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's it, it's such a great storyline. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, Umbrella Chronicles. That was the name of that graphic novel book. Yes, that, yes. That I really yeah. love in that series. Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba, I believe, do the Umbrella Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not to be not to be uh, confused with anything from Re Resident Evil, though. It's not not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Halfway through, zombies start shambling around. <laughs> oh yeah, because I think I, I think I got that for you, and I'm just like, oh, Umbrella Chronicles. This looks really interesting. I wonder yeah. what it has to do with Resident Evil, and I'm paging through, and I'm like. This doesn't look like Resident Evil. What was what was the, completely the different? Oh, what was the shooter that came out? The, wasn't there like a that was that was a shooter? Yeah, it was that first person shooter. That Umbrella Chronicles. Chronicles. I think it was called Umbrella Chronicles. Yes, the Umbrella Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. That's off topic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, there you go. All right, so I got, I do have another question. I can I'm gonna kind of rephrase it so Andy might be able to answer. Gee, thanks for including me, guys. Yeah. Well, if you read comics, so, maybe you could be more a part of this conversation. <laughs> so, if you could have any form of like the symbiotic suit or like item from any comic line, what would you pick? If you could have any suit. So, so obviously, like the symbiotes from Spider-Man, Witchblade or Darkness, Blue Beetle. Oh, gotcha. I suppose like World Mind would be one from Nova. Mm. Um, the, technically, I suppose you could say the Green Lantern rings and stuff like that. What would you pick? Obviously, oh. you would probably be Green Lantern. Probably. So if I could be any of them. Yeah. Well, goddamn it. <laughs> That's a good question. Holy shit. So, Technically, I, I would I would take the uh, and I can't uh, the the Clintar. I would take the, the, symbiotes the symbiotes, from yeah, the symbiotes from Spider Man, <sighs> just because I love Venom, but I love Carnage. I just I love <laughs> really him just, I love Carnage because he is like he is literally evil just for the sake of being evil because he's like basically. Uh, uh, oh God, what what is it that he says? It's like um, like order is nothing more than an illusion. It's mm. like basically like just spreading chaos is like that that's his purpose. That's his purpose. It's just for spreading chaos, for killing people, just for killing people. I'm like, man, it's like he is Oh God! He's basically the exact opposite of what Paul is. Yes, exactly. Pretty much. That's because why he that's likes because, because that's what I can because I can enjoy that because it's not affecting my life actually. <laughs> yeah. So Paul, what would you? Yeah, I would probably do Green Lantern just to be able to create stuff with the rings and stuff. That should be really cool to me. Using your willpower. Oh hell to create, yeah! To to create the uh, the projections and stuff. You know what's sad though? Thinking about it, because don't a lot of the powers based on your personality and stuff. All I'd be able to create is penises. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Seriously, that's all I create with the so, ring. It's just one big green dildo. So what the fuck? So you can create whatever your mind is capable of thinking of. <laughs> Son of a bitch, that's all you can make. <laughs> that's all I can make. I have the most useless power in the world. <laughs> Guess what, evildoer? You just got mushroom stamped. Mushroom stamped. <laughs> That'll stop you. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Was that a hiccup in the middle of it? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Guess what? You just got mushroom stamped. <laughs> For me, I'd probably oh, choose man. the darkness. I don't know it what takes, that is. It takes like the best concepts oh. of like the Spider-Man yeah. style symbiotes, mm -hmm. but then it also takes it to a much further extreme. So you've probably seen images for Witchblade. Yes. So which the the darkness is the male equivalent of the Witchblade. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So like he has everything from like the the like organic armor that will come on. He can sprout wings and fly if he needs to, but he can also summon creatures of dark. So he summons these little imps, the, like mm. the snakes and stuff like that. And he can basically do whatever he wants with darkness. Well, the downside is you know bright light fucks him over early on in the oh, stuff. Oh, this is kind of like vampires. Well, the, yeah, but I was just it's, it's, it's kind of like Dracula. As, it's the yeah. same as the early symbiotes. You know, you fucking fart loud enough in front of them, they're done. Oh well, the the <laughs> sound is yeah, they don't like the loud. Yeah, sound it's just any stuff. sound yeah. heat. Uh, and so like basically mm -hmm. anything early symbiotes you you could screw them off. Symbiotes sound like bitches. Like yeah. you just if they were in a city they'd be destroyed. And the worst They're thing is they only get stronger with more hosts. So if oh. you're the first host if you don't have superpowers, yeah, they're gonna make you better than you are, but you're not gonna that be that much That is true strong. because yeah, Carnage is more like much more strong. And than the only that, reason Venom, Venom is strong is strong as he is on Brock is because when he was because bonded, Brock is actually bro like Brock is but, strong, but also because he stole Spider-Man's powers. Oh, Cop. that's right. The Clintar stole it. Yeah, they, that's right. They, whatever yep. creature they bonded with, they like mm -hmm. copy all of their abilities and bring it to all future hosts. Oh, so that's oh, why cool. like Venom has the webbing and he has all the spider symbols and stuff like that is because he copied it from Spider-Man. So oh, without right. any of the previous hosts, they're weak. Like they're stronger than humans, but they're still weak in comparison. You know what a, a fun fact uh, is about uh, Venom, like Eddie Brock is Venom and like Spider-Man, is that Todd McFarlane was doing the artwork for Amazing Spider-Man. He started in, in issue number 298 in 1987, I think it was. And he wanted to draw the red and, and blue Spider-Man. And unfortunately, Spider-Man at that point was in the black suit. And yeah. so he created an idea, like a storyline, to take the symbiote away from Spider-Man and put it onto somebody else so that he could return to, to, the, iconic, to, the, to the iconic red yeah. and blue Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And so he basically removed the symbiote that was, that was on Spider-Man, put it into Eddie Brock, and so he got his red and blue Spider-Man back, and then it created a character, Venom, who ended up becoming more, like, just more well-recognized and well-liked and well-received than anybody could have ever even possibly well, that's, imagined. I mean, then look at the origin of him, of him when they bought him from, like, a fan or something like that, from a contest that or was something? The, that was the, the symbiote, the black-suited Spider-Man. They actually yeah. did, yeah, they bought that like, idea. Yeah, they bought it for, like, $300 or something like that. $200. $200. $200. Yeah, so it was from a... It that was, was Jim, Jim Shooter. 
Uh, and, and and they even told the the guy too is like we'll we'll give you a, a chance to write a future issue of like a comic book some kind of Marvel book like like your uh, it may not have even just been a Marvel book it may have been Spider Man at the time too oh wow um, but yeah they bought the idea from him for two hundred dollars and it's so funny dude because, got the short end of the stick with that well one. and somebody said, like somebody posted a picture of it I think it. it Maybe it was on Twitter. It just showed up on online, but it was basically the guy was given a letter saying like, "Hey, just make sure to sign this," because it was the whole work for uh, work, work for, for hire. hire. And so basically, he gets the two hundred dollars. He gets a chance at writing a comic book, but he relinquishes own... he relinquishes all rights because then Marvel owns the rights to that character because you are working for yeah. Marvel Comics. Wow. So, yeah. And with the popularity that he got, and yeah. like look at him now with like, his, own, movie, his oh, yeah. own movie and stuff like that, so which was Ooh. very, which was very well received, much to the chagrin of of the people who love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because I guess uh, there was an article about people were really hoping that the movie was going to fail because then it would have given Sony a reason to sell back. Spider-Man or the rights oh. to Spider-Man back to Disney so that they could then start including that even all if it of that. Flopped. Well, they it have probably, too many other ones in the lineup. It probably wouldn't, but because of how well received it was and, and the box office success that Venom was, it really is like it's the one that they better not the screw up is Mobius. I don't think that they're going Morbius. Sorry, Morbius. Morbius sorry. Yeah, you're thinking the artist Mobius. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah, the living yeah. vampire because he's one of the next ones they're putting out for a solo film. Mm-hmm. They better not screw him up because he's. Well, I think they're going in the right direction, taking Jared Leto as Morbius because I yeah. think that he could he could very well play that character. He's, very he's well. an amazingly versatile actor. He is. I, very much so. The funny thing is, like, even though I don't like his rendition of Joker, he was still good at what he was oh, given yeah, to absolutely. work with. Mm-hmm. So. And he's good, but not great. He's he's a weird like I'm, I, he's a jack of all trades actor. Kind of yeah. I can I I'm not. How does that saying go? Damn it, jack of all trades, master, master, of, none. master of none. There we yeah. go. Yeah yeah yeah. But I honestly I think that he's he did a better job than what I expect out of Joaquin Phoenix. Have you seen oh, that he's going to be the new Joker? His okay, that's a topic we can't go into because I will just go off the wall. <laughs> Uh, that, not only, that's bad okay, casting. That's not, bad not, casting. Not only is Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix sucks as an actor, I don't care what anyone says. Every movie he's in, he is absolutely 100% forgettable. For the most part. I don't yeah. even know okay. who the hell you're talking about at this point. Uh, have you ever seen Gladiator? No. Uh, uh, have you seen, uh, 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 what is, what, uh, Signs? No. No? Uh, you probably know his brother River Phoenix. The one that died. No, 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 no. Oh. Um, walk, excuse me, Walk the Line? Nope. Jesus. Well, this is my ex- this may explain why I don't know who this is. <laughs> so, Where's Joaquin Phoenix been? This guy. You've probably uh, seen him as a background oh, character yeah. and stuff. Maybe, but he looks forgettable. <laughs> but like, okay, do you think? Look, so he was in. Let's see, Gladiator, um, Walk the Line, Signs. Uh, so the only three movies he's ever been in, <laughs> apparently. No, The Village. All the ones that, that we... <laughs> Wait, wasn't The Village that M. Night Shyamalan disaster? Yeah. Yep, there we go. Yep, M. Night Shyamalan. He was one go. of the main characters in yep, that. Yep, there it is. Shyamalan Ding Dong. So, Shyamalan Ding Dong. So like, hey. but like, you think of the movies he's in. Like, Nothing great. Gladiator. Yeah. Fantastic movie. What do you remember about his character in that movie? Nothing. Russell Crowe Russell Crow was in that movie. Exactly. And the He's score like, was by Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> you, know the, you know the score, guy. And that's exactly, that's my point, is like, 
He is a background supporting actor. Mm-hmm. It's like asking, what do you remember of J.K. Simmons doing other than like Law and Order? Uh, Spider-Man? That's it. That's all you're going to think of is those two roles. No, he also That man did... has hundreds of roles to his credit. You yes, don't remember he does, any but, of them. Uh, no, J.K. Simmons was also in... Um, shoot, what was that one with uh, uh, Kevin Costner? Uh, for Love of the Game. He was in For Love of the Game. Ha! Also, we got three. I know that one. Woo! And it took him a while to think of it. Go so to hell! <laughs> I'm giving you both half points for that. <laughs> but, like, he's, he's an actor. He's got all these credits to his name. No one remembers shit about any of his roles. Yeah. So let's make him a front-forward character like the Joker. Okay, and then here, I will show you what he looks like as the Joker. Oh, Lord, I don't know it's, how to see it. it. It's, it's not the greatest. Do you remember... Um, well, oh, while he's it's... looking it up, I do want to circle back to something. So you had talked about that that ish, that three-issue series. Um, you said it was probably one of the greatest Oh, the, the Galactus trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say was the greatest story written in like the DC world? Because I know Killing Joke is actually supposedly super good story. Killing Joke is a really good story. Um, yeah. Like, like, uh, I know that in DC continuity, one of the usually people say uh, Watchmen is probably one oh, of the greatest yeah. stories um, that was ever told. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, the Dark Knight Returns uh, mm-hmm. by Frank Miller was actually a very well-beloved uh, storyline as well, too. Um, personally, I, I mean, I, I don't know as much about, like, the big DC titles or, or the big the crossovers. Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, I loved. Alex I Ross. I completely and... forgot about that. Alex Ross and Mark Wade. Yeah, actually, that's probably one of the Kingdom. best ones. I loved Kingdom Come. Really? It was it was a uh, it was basically an out of continuity story where it was basically uh, in it was told in the future where the superheroes like uh, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, they had all gotten old, and mm. so they were yeah. They were they were going. Well, is it? You ever life. seen that, those pictures of like Green Lantern, but he's got like the giant sword and like the armor on? Yeah, that's yeah. from Kingdom that's, Come. Yeah, that's from oh, Kingdom okay. Come. That's where he yeah. literally sits above the Earth in like his own generated watchtower mm-hmm. and just keeps an eye on everything. Yeah, <laughs> he, it was. That's a really good one. Yeah, it was such a good story. Oh, such wow. a good story. But um, honestly, one of the things, one oh. of the greatest crossovers I love is is uh, Blackest Night. I loved Blackest Absolutely. Night and using people's like their their emotions against them and, mm-hmm. and bringing back loved ones another who big were one? already dead. Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel was another Mark Wade one too. Yeah, so that's another good one. Which it basically is, shows you how screwed up Batman is. It, it, yeah, well, because at the because at the end of Tower of Babel, it was basically um, they kicked Batman out of the Justice League well, because he was secretly building a dossier on each one of the members and of how the Justice League uh, on how to beat them in case they ended up. Like going, going rogue. Bad. Yeah, going bad or something like that. But none of them knew that he was doing that, and so basically they had lost complete trust in him oh, yeah. and kicked him out of the Justice League. Except for it's point. funny, is doesn't I know it happens at the end of the animated movie based on it, but doesn't Superman still trust him after the end? He kicks him out of the Justice League saying, You know why we I have think, to do this? But isn't I, that also where he gets some of the kryptonite from? Is Superman at the end of the story? I don't to hold on to. I can't remember if he ends up giving him some of the kryptonite, but I do know that it's it like it ends where they're all kind of in agreement that Batman has to go because he's too he's he's too unpredictable and he's too just like he's been doing this this whole time without letting us know that he's doing it. Like we can't trust him. And that's basically where it all ends. And I'm guessing that he ends up 
getting back into the Justice oh, League was... at some point. But uh, but yeah, that was that was such a good storyline too. Uh, Red Sun's another good one for mm. Superman. Yep, yep. Superman, Superman birthright. Instead of landing in the middle of Kansas, he landed in Russia. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's a good one. Actually, uh, that's funny that you talk about that. Um, that was a big thing I remember that people talked to Stan Lee about was the whole bat... Or no, he had nothing to do with that. No, he had nothing to do Never with mind. that. Never mind. For some reason, the whole Batman versus Superman thing. I thought somebody had talked to him or somebody about that. About how, like, who who would win, Batman versus Superman? Like, who really wins that fight or whatever? And they're like... Superman, who, hands down. Well, no, I, I think the person they asked never gives an answer because they said... Either way, you're pissing somebody off. Oh, he yeah. He says oh, they'd yeah. rather no. leave it to the imagination yes. of yep. somebody, and mm-hmm. you, no one can ever beat somebody else. Yep, exactly. Or something like that. And yep. I feel like somebody posed that question to Stan Lee, but maybe it was somebody else. I don't know. But I remember that whole, yeah, the whole Batman versus Superman thing, and it's mm-hmm. like, dude, Batman didn't even beat Superman. Like, no. It wasn't, um, who was it? Wasn't Martha? Wasn't it, who is it in DC? Why'd you say that name? <laughs> is it Green Arrow? Isn't that isn't that DC? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he's he's. Oh DC, yeah, didn't but... he shoot? That's in Dark Knight uh, Returns, where the one-armed Green Arrow used the Kryptonite. Yeah, the arrow. Kryptonite arrows to take down oh. Superman. So and then Batman's in his in the armored mm-hmm. suit, and mm-hmm. he yeah breaks yeah. in his face, and it drains Superman's powers for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, nobody has ever... It's like, who would win Batman versus Superman? I don't think... They've never been definitive on who would win because, yeah, you're going to alienate one side or the other, but... I would say, I know in a number of outings, Batman has flat-out beaten him, but I think Superman's also defeated him before, too. Honestly, Superman... But every time Batman beats him, it's something stupid. It's like, oh, I got a gauntlet made out of kryptonite. I've got this and that. It's like, come on. Kryptonite condoms. I can fly into space and shoot you from (laughs) there with my lasers. Yeah, well, he... Yeah, (laughs) Superman is is from Krypton, who they get their power from the frickin' yellow sun. Like, obviously, during the day, he gets stronger then. Yeah. And recharges. Like, come on. Like, he can't lose unless you use kryptonite. Yeah. Which is where the term came from, it comes from where it's like, oh, that's my kryptonite. Yeah. yeah. It's like, literally, that's my weakness. Yeah. yeah. So. I will say, it's amazing how much comic books have really, like, influenced the world and our oh, sayings. Yeah. And that's another uh, big one, like, for DC would be Death and Return of Superman. Because that affected oh, a lot yes. of stuff at the time. Mm, death and Return of, well, the death of Superman. Well, I should say Death and then the Superman, Reign of Superman. <sighs> Right? Is that that's the one with all like iron John? Yeah, the, yeah, John John Henry Steele. There we go. Or, uh, John Henry Irons. There we go. That's there. his name. Um, you had a medal so, in there somewhere. <laughs> so the so the so the death of Superman, I think, honestly, was really good. Yes. When they brought him back and the whole reign of the Superman, it's a great idea in theory. It went on too long. What was the What was the? Thing? It was basically you had four different people taking over the helm of Superman because Superman was pronounced dead. Well, not really pronounced dead, but he was he was dead for all intents and purposes. Doom, yeah. Doomsday had killed him. And um, cellophane S didn't save him. Cellophane S. From the, <laughs> from the uh, movie. The uh, Christopher Reeves movie. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. Was it number three where oh, he throws a weird S at him and it eats him up and you're like, what? No, I think oh, it's the one with Zod and stuff. Oh, that was the yeah, first one. Yeah, it was. That was the first one. That'd be the first one. Yeah. When, oh, they're, right, in the, right, right. when they're in the Fortress of Solitude. So anyways, after after his death, in order to take up the reign of Superman, or Superman, um, so Superboy, uh, Eradicator, uh, the Man of Steel, who was literally steel, 
Like, yeah. he was made of steel. Um, He's a robot Superman. And then Cyborg Superman. No, Cyborg was the, oh, was yeah, the robot. They're... Was the half. Oh, robot. yeah, yeah, sorry. Cyborg And is... Cyborg was, like, it was these four Supermen trying to take over the, the, the reign of, of his, his mantle. And while all of this was going on, it's like they ended up kind of... They ended up meeting one another, and then they found out that Cyborg was actually bad. And mm. he was trying to do something, and so um, and so then they all kind of come together in order to stop Cyborg. And then at near the end of it, Superman ends up coming back because mm. what had happened was he wasn't necessarily dead. His heartbeat he was comatose. Had, he was comatose. Yeah, his heartbeat had slowed down to the point to where it wasn't even registering. Like nothing would register, but it was it was still beating. So he was he never had actually died. And then he came back and he wiped the floor with uh with cyborg and he came back mm. but that actually brings up a tangent too because that is the that i was telling you about the whole speculator bubble burst yes yes and that's what i wanted almost, to get into and it almost destroyed the comic book industry it literally single-handedly almost destroyed the entire comic book industry because everybody like they like news uh uh media outlets were starting to report on the death of Superman that they were going to be killing this iconic character and so people were going off in droves trying to like buy as many issues <laughs> as they could because they had found out that the first appearance of Superman was worth a lot was worth money. a lot of money it was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars which is funny now because it's worth actually millions of dollars Jesus um, Christ. but um but, so they thought, okay, well, his first appearance is worth this much money. Well, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of his death issues because that's going to put my kids through college one day. And people didn't realize that in the world of comic books, nothing is final. Yeah. If you kill a, a character, guess what? You can bring him back just as easily. Yeah, they yeah. don't stay dead. <laughs> and what they also didn't understand is that supply and demand. Why is Action Comics number one worth so much money? Because it came out in the 1930s, and there is just not as many copies of that. Yeah. And during the whole uh, World War II, people were uh, donating their comic books for paper for, for the war. And so a lot of comic books got destroyed back then because they were basically disposable entertainment where you read the comic yeah, book. Yeah, all pulp comics were. Yeah. That's kind of where the name comes from, is they were made yeah. from cheap, Right. Pulp yeah. Paper. You That's literally why they were pulp comics. You literally read the comic book, and you didn't keep the comic book because you thought it was a collectible. You literally either threw it away with or, the newspapers. Usually. Yeah, with the newspapers or whatever it they'd was. Go you just the bin yeah. and they'd wow. give you just got rid of it. And Imagine so, if like video games were like that. I play yeah. it once, it's done. Yeah, yeah it's called GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> you get three dollars. And so that's why that issue was so expensive. And then now with with it ended up being Superman number seventy five, which was Superman Volume Two number seventy five. That was going to be the death of Superman. Well, they knew that this was going to be a hot issue, and so DC printed a lot of copies of it. And so yes, everybody got three, four, five, ten copies, whatever it was. Well, supply and demand. Okay. People aren't demanding it if the supply is really high up because yeah. everybody who wanted one is going to get one. Right. And everybody who is trying to sell one for an exorbitant amount of price is like, well, I'm not going to buy it because I, I already got my own copy. <laughs> and so, and so um, everybody started kind of like buying this thing up thinking, okay, it's going to be worth a lot of money. And then they brought back Superman. And it's like, oh my God. Oh crap. What, like, 
And at this point, too, a lot of speculators were buying up comics from, like, Image Comics, like Spawn number one, Youngblood number one, thinking that now this is not just so much as, like, like entertainment value. This is an investment. And so people yeah. started buying it as investments. Um, X-Men number one, when they relaunched it in 1991, that sold 8 million copies. That is unheard of in today's like industry the average comic sells like and if it's a really popular one it's going to sell maybe four or five hundred thousand copies that's yeah. it this comic sold eight million copies x-force number one in 1991 sold five million copies that is unheard of in today's industry wow and so everybody was buying these thinking oh it's a number one and yeah. i'm gonna be able to sell this thing for a, a five hundred thousand dollars one day not when there's five billion copies of it out there. <laughs> and so then everybody thought, well, okay, they can bring back heroes whenever they want, so that doesn't make this issue any, like, it doesn't make it special. There's a million copies of this one out there. doesn't make that special. And so people just basically stopped buying comics for the investment factor. Right. And the comic book industry, like Marvel and DC, were used to printing off, like, right. a million copies, 800,000 copies of a comic. And when you stopped getting those speculators buying the comics... It literally meant that an issue that would have that they printed off eight hundred thousand copies, it only sold two hundred thousand copies or three hundred. So now you have copies. all those dead copies, and so you have all those dead copies. Which then the comic book stores that were buying these, they couldn't just return them to the distributor at that time. They had to eat up that cost, and so a lot of stores literally went out of business during that time because yeah. they weren't mm -hmm. selling the copies and so therefore the ones they... that didn't tended to branch into other stuff yeah too mm -hmm. hence why like our local comic shop rockheads does games and like warhammer all that sort of stuff because yeah. comics alone is not well it's a great industry is not enough to sustain it's stuff it's not yeah. quite lucrative enough yeah. wow so like here's a according to this list this from a comicron um in October, the highest estimated selling, 107,578 comics, and that was for a Batman issue. 107,000. That's it. That's the oh highest grossing God. for all of October. In, and in those all ones, of October. For this those year. ones were doing in, in, 19, in 1991, Jesus Christ. X-Men number one, when they relaunched their new number one, it Do you sold... remember what month that was, roughly? Uh, oh, he ain't no. that good. <laughs> no, I'm not that good. Uh, maybe March? Uh, 100%. That's crazy to think about, It though. sold 8 million copies. That's almost like the whole E.T. debacle with Atari. Where well, they just, that was just overzealousness. <laughs> oh, that, that was literally, that was overzealousness, and they yeah. were stupid. Yeah. So, okay, this is as far back as I can go. Oh, let me double check what the date was on that. So, April of 1993. Oh. And so... Mm. The number one for that was an Adventures of Superman sold three million four hundred fifty-four thousand copies. Holy shit! Three million copies. But see, I also don't know if this is counting with current stuff, digital sales. Yeah, I was about to say the only thing that I might... don't think it is back in nineteen ninety. No, 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 no. For, for the for the, no. the for October. Oh, of this gotcha. Year. I, I honestly, I don't think so. Just because I think this of, is just physical. Sales. I think it's just physical, but also too, I don't know if they necessarily count digital in there because it's like the comic book stores are not. Losing money on digital, well, in a sense they're not. 
but people who buy it, it's like it's not taking money away from the comic book stores. Like right. you're not eating that that loss, basically. Right. That was one thing I was thinking of too when you had said that number of only one hundred seven thousand. It's like, well, now nowadays you have a lot more access to these things. Mm-hmm. Like we had talked about earlier, it's you. It's not. The only place you can find this is at the comic book store. It's like now you can find it everywhere. You do, but there was also um, uh, DC had uh, released a uh, an issue like a comic book that was like a three mm. different stories, but they also in, like they also released it for twenty five cents, mm. and so um, and it was to kind of like it was almost like a preview of things that were going to be coming out in the coming year, and it made. Um, it it made like uh, kind of news headlines in like the comic book industry because that comic had sold over a million copies and it was literally like the first time in like fifteen twenty years that a comic has sold over a million copies. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's just something that just does not happen anymore. But it was happening so regularly, and Image one of their one of their biggest claims to fame is that when they first started, they thought as a third party company because you couldn't go against. The, the 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 big one and two Marvel and DC yeah um, Image Comics had put out seven comics for like one month their sales were like they literally sold more than DC Comics from just their seven wow like literally for that month they were number two <laughs> so if you actually look at this here's I found a listing so that little box there tells you the sales. But they, you got to remember that issue also had multiple covers. So it each did. of them, oh, each variants. cover sold over a million copies. Exactly. Jesus. But the, uh, comic books nowadays do do that too, where there yeah. are multiple. There's yeah. Multiple, They're the variants. Yeah. The, but, the silver covers and stuff like that. Well, not necessarily silver, but well, I mean, no, it's, the ones that are like the solid colors and stuff. Yeah, I've seen for some of them. Yeah, but um, but some of them have variant covers and, and multiple covers, but they're not selling quite like no. they used to back then. So that's, that's, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So that was the whole speculator bubble where people were buying comics thinking that it was an investment piece, not realizing that by saturating the market for these right. things, then Marvel was over-publishing them, and so it literally took away all demand, and the the industry literally imploded on itself because of the speculators, and it nearly bankrupted like comics just in general. In fact, Marvel Comics filed for bankruptcy in 1996, if I'm not mistaken. Which is actually when they started lead, they sold the rights to the movies and yes, stuff. Yes, it was. That was when they, they that's started. That's how they stayed alive. Tried to stay that's afloat. how they, yep. they sold the rights to Blade, the X-Men, X-Men went to Four, X-Men went to Fox, and Spider-Man. Fantastic Four went to Fox, uh, Spider-Man went to Sony. Yep. Uh, Blade, who did Blade? Oh, shoot. It wasn't Fox or it wasn't, it's uh, the, it wasn't it's Sony. It's the one with the the film, and then it goes over. Uh, New Line, New Line Wait, Cinema. New Line. I think I it think. was New Line. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. So, but yeah, they, Marvel had to. They. That's sold how their they movie, saved themselves. Their movie. And that's why they're shooting themselves right. in the foot. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, like I mean, other than obviously they're gonna be getting the Fox stuff back pretty soon. Yeah. Once that deal's finally finished. Yep, yep, yep. But so at that point they'll only be missing spite the Spider Man universe. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So they like sold themselves off and now they're just piecing themselves back together. But that's because you know, with Disney owning them now too, they're de- they're a huge international company now. Well, I mean compared does to, Disney not own anything? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's well, pretty DC much... used to be like I mean DC was the first one where DC always was going to be around because they were owned by Warner Brothers. So yeah. they had they had a Big 
backing yeah, in Warner Brothers. Yeah. And now Marvel finally has that backing because Marvel used to be its own entity yeah. and now it's got the backing of Disney. So it's really kind of like yeah. very similar to what yeah. DC is. So Wow. Yeah. Crazy. It won't be long until we're seeing Marvel stuff in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> to be honest, I, I, was, I was hoping I wouldn't doubt it. It's ridiculous. You're already... I'm yeah. still waiting for the Star Wars stuff in fucking Kingdom Hearts. Actually, wasn't... Uh, I, I thought they were supposed to be for one of the new ones. I don't know, man. But, uh... <laughs> I think that'll do it for this episode. We're running at damn near two hours. Wow. <laughs> well, some, maybe, of it's, some of it's cut up. Maybe hour 45. But, uh... Thank you, Stanley. You brought comics into damn near everything. Like you said, uh, it's comic books are a facet of everyone's life, whether they know it or not. Yeah, it goes into our sayings. It goes into stories we tell. It's, I mean, he he pretty much created the or not created, but he definitely solidified the industry. Stanley honestly created an entire universe of superheroes and super yeah. beings and just a way of thinking that like I said um, the the amount of inspiration that he was able to provide through his imagination is going to outlive every single one of us oh yeah uh, the the amount of imagination that he has provided to other people who then can carry on that legacy and can mm -hmm. carry on the legend um, it's he's always gonna be he's always gonna be a part of of all of us and I I'm so glad that I was able to meet him uh, Six years ago, actually, at a, really? at a comic book convention, I was able to meet him and get some autographs. And, Another uh, thing you and I weren't invited to. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I you wouldn't have been, going anyway. I would have had no interest. Yeah. Um, and so it was. Just, I'm. I'm so glad that I had a chance to meet him, and and just so glad that he he did what he did, and against all odds. And this is actually one thing that I am most thankful for is that he did something that, even though he he knew it in his heart that he was meant to follow it even though people kind of uh, downplayed the importance of comic books and thought it was just children's stuff he yeah. knew that that's what he was meant to do and he made it so that it transcended that age gap and it became just so ingrained in pop culture in, in our culture in our history that now nobody can really deny the power of comic yeah. books and the the power to tell an impactful story in that medium. I'd say a lot of that's due to the fact that he hit the minds of us, like our generation. Yeah. So he actually got to see the fruits of all that work from when we were children. Now we're the current generation. Mm -hmm. well, so and we've popularized before that. Even before that. Even before our parents, our parents' generation. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he got to see like the fruits of all his labor. Yeah. And I, and one thing that. Um, that was really interesting to me or not interesting but it's, it's something that made me think about it he was known for doing a cameo appearance in damn near what was it almost a, a lot of the Marvel movies right he actually almost has, all of them he has enough stored like they filmed a whole ton of cameos they did they yeah. still have some that he's they've never be, even used yeah, he's so for be years in, to come they're saying they still have enough yep. cameos filmed he's gonna really? be yeah he's yeah. gonna be in movies for the next couple of years because they 
unfortunately. They they recorded a whole bunch of cameos because I mean He's they, they knew that his yeah. time may may be limited, so they didn't want to take the risk, so they ended up filming a bunch of cameos back to back to back so that he would still continue to be in movies. How would they film cameos for him in movies that aren't even around yet? Well, because they well, can just film some small offside yeah. scene of him saying, oh, oh or reacting to something, mm-hmm. and then place it wherever they want in exactly. anything. I suppose. Yep. But the, the post I'd seen was on Facebook, and it said, the next time you go to a Marvel movie and you, you don't see him in it, you're going to start to cry. It, because it's yeah. going to hit you harder than you realize at that point that he's not around anymore and that his cameo will not be in future it, movies going forward. And honestly, when I um, when when I found out the news that he had passed away, it's it almost felt like I lost a grandparent again. Like, it's just... It, it, I never realized he had such an impact on my on my life that I just I never thought like I knew the time would would come soon but I just mm-hmm. never knew that like even when I was expecting it it still it hurt that much to yeah. to lose him well so rest in peace Stanley 1920 1922 to uh, to 2018 what a life 19 or uh, nine, 95 years old 95. Well, shoot us up with some comments about your experiences with the comic book world. What are your favorite heroes? What are your favorite villains? What are storylines you love? What are storylines you absolutely despise? One more day. (laughs) Batman. (laughs) Just whatever. Just uh, hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Go to powertripgaming.tv. It takes you directly to the YouTube channel where you can watch Paul and I tackle the NES collection. And SideQuest episodes where we tackle games outside of the NES, like the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. There you go. This has been the Power Trip Gaming Powercast. Now you're listening with power. Excelsior, man. Excelsior and Godspeed, Stanley.